Welcome to the Celtic Feminine Podcast, which explores topics within the intersection folklore, ethnomusicology, Celtic spirituality, and women's studies. Often, we will be discussing Celtic spirituality with a specific emphasis on the Irish cultural landscape. In my first episode today, I would like to tell you more about me and the research that inspired this podcast. So I have been teaching music for over 12 years now in public schools, independent schools, and private music studios in both Vermont and New Jersey. In 2005, I was drawn to researching about Irish and Celtic mythology and culture. As I was reading, the story of Bridget, the Irish saint with pre-Christian roots, captured my attention and imagination. I had an insatiable curiosity to find out as much as possible about her, which resulted in a pilgrimage to Kildare, Ireland in 2008. Ever since, Ireland seemed to be calling to me until I applied and was accepted to attend graduate school at the Irish World Academy of Music and Dance at the University of Limerick to study ethnomusicology. It was there that I was able to complete my master's degree and my thesis was entitled The Feminine Face of God, Spiritual Vocal Music Dedicated to Bridget of Ireland, Goddess and Saint. Since graduating in 2010, I spent some time continuing to research Bridget and teaching some classes around February 1st, which is Bridget's feast day. It wasn't until this year, 2017, where I really plunged more intensely into the research and in teaching a number of different classes in Vermont, Massachusetts, and New Jersey just before February 1st. I taught my New Jersey classes just before flying off to Ireland for two weeks to attend the Fela Brita festivities in Ireland, in Kildare, as well as in Fahert and Dundalk. So Fahert near Dundalk is where Bridget is said to have been born, and Kildare is where she is said to have started a double monastery for monks and nuns. I had an incredible time at the events, uh, meeting new people, reconnecting with old friends, and deepening my understanding of Bridget and my research. I ran a crowdfunding campaign to offset my travel costs for this research trip, as well as give the Brigidine sisters in Kildare a donation. And for anybody who's listening who donated to that campaign, I really appreciate your donation. It really made a difference to me and made it possible for me to go on that trip. Back in late April, I presented an academic paper at the Celtic Studies of North America conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, based on my ongoing research into the music individuals are writing dedicated to Bridget, and I was able to make some really great connections for further research from a number of the conference attendants, and it really has set my research on an even more informed course, and it has really deepened my research. I would like to present that paper to you in just a few moments. So currently, I would like my work to be more widely available to people so that they may learn and find a real benefit from this information. This episode is the first one of the new Celtic Feminine Podcast. This is where I will be interviewing individuals about Celtic and Irish spirituality, some of which will be directly based on the topic of my research into the music dedicated to Bridget. I consider this the intersection of folklore, ethnomusicology, Celtic spirituality, and women's studies. Some may ask, what is Celtic spirituality or what is Irish spirituality? In my understanding, it is the current reclamation and reimagination of the spirituality of the Irish, 
which often embraces elements of Irish Christianity and Catholicism, as well as an earth-based pre-Christian past. This is a spirituality that honors nature and sees the imminence of the divine. It places an importance in mythology and living in right relationship with each other. Creative ritual, including music, is often a part of this spiritual movement. So podcasts will broach topics and research that are relevant to Celtic spirituality. One particular topic is neo-paganism in Irish spirituality, and I mention this specifically because I want to let you know that that this topic is on the horizon in this podcast, and I realize that it does carry a stigma. Some of my listeners come from a variety of backgrounds. Some may welcome this topic, and others might not. I'm open-minded to a variety of expressions in religion, faith, and spirituality, and I'm interested in presenting this facet of Irish spirituality. Not to mention that Bridget was also pre-Christian goddess. So it's important to see how the expression of this goddess comes up for people in today's times. I've benefited a great deal from information, whether about my own professional academic interests or other topics on the internet, whether on websites, blogs, and podcasts. And I want to create content that will enrich the lives of others. If you find benefit in my work, please consider contributing to my Patreon campaign, which you will find more information about in the show notes, as well as on my webpage at musicofbridget, that's B-R-I-G-I-D, dot site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. Before I present my paper to you in today's episode, I want to go over a couple notes based on some of the feedback that I received as something to keep in mind while you're listening to my paper. So I often state that Bridget is a, quote, Christian saint with pre-Christian roots. So this is a concept that's often part of a common modern narrative when Bridget is described and discussed. So from presenting at the conference at the end of April, I received a bit of feedback noting that I really need to distinguish between the goddess and the saint figure. From doing more research, I don't believe that in reality there was a neat and tidy unbroken lineage from Bridget the goddess depicted in Irish mythology to Bridget as a nun in the 5th century and more will be discussed about this in future episodes. Even the fact that I'm not saying specifically the goddess Bridget or Saint Bridget when I merely state Bridget without any qualifying terms has implication that I'm saying that Bridget is two figures in one in a way. And in some aspects, people do state Bridget and it's kind of a simplified version instead of always having to qualify things. I mean, one thing that I've always found a bit of a unique challenge is that the story of Bridget seems to be locked up at the core of an onion in a way. When you think you've gotten to the essence at the core, there seems to be more and more layers to peel back that reveal so many facets of complexity. And so it can be a challenge speaking about one facet of Bridget without going into more and more qualifying details about her. We'll be exploring more of that in this particular podcast series. Another thing I should note is that when people want to do research about Bridget, they usually try to go back to the earliest records that Bridget existed and who she was and the details of her life. One of the earliest extant Lives of the Saints, or Life of Bridget, was written by Cogitosis in 650 Common Era. Now this particular one is called Vita Bridgetae, and 
I only mentioned this in my paper, but there are actually several different lives of the saints. One of the lives of the saints is called Vita Prima Sancta Brigitte. One is Beth Eubricta. So there are several, even though I only mentioned the one written by Cogitosis. So thank you so much for listening to my introduction. And now I would like to present to you my paper entitled The Feminine Face of God, Vocal Music Dedicated to Bridget, the Pre-Christian Celtic Goddess and Saint, which was originally presented at the Celtic Studies of North America Conference on April 30th, 2017 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So thank you very much. Bridget is known as both a pre-Christian Celtic goddess and patron saint of Ireland. In our current times, a growing number of individuals write vocal music devoted to Bridget, a practice currently sustained by a resurgence of interest in Celtic heritage, including saints, mythology, folklore, religion, and spirituality. This interest in Celtic heritage might inspire individuals to embark on a pilgrimage to historic locations with religious and spiritual significance. Kildare, just west of Dublin, is one such spot that attracts many travelers and pilgrims with its two holy wells, statuary, abbey ruins, St. Bridget's Cathedral and Bell Tower, and the recently built Solace Breed Christian Spirituality Center and Hermitages. Kildare is the monastic town of the Middle Ages, where St. Bridget is said to have lived and set up a double monastery. Born in 453 Common Era in Fahert, County Louth, Bridget in fact has also pre-Christian roots. The goddess Bridget is associated with Imbolc, a pre-Christian springtime holiday occurring on February 1st. It was also later claimed as St. Bridget's feast day at the dawning of Christianity in Ireland. Miraculous stories have been told about St. Bridget that were documented in the Vita Brigitte by Cogitosis, published in the seventh century, and the lives of the saints, written by the Catholic priest, Alban Butler, in the 18th century. The stories about Bridget as both goddess and saint contain imagery and symbolism of the flame associated with her. St. Bridget's flame was lit and tended, supposedly, by Bridget's nuns from approximately the late 400s, and the tradition was carried out until the flame was extinguished with the dissolution of the monasteries by the British around the 16th century. In 1807, Bishop Daniel Delaney restored the ancient order of Bridget in Kildare. And in 1993, the Brigidine Catholic Sisters of Kildare relit Bridget's flame at the start of the Felabrida Festival to celebrate St. Bridget's feast day. The sisters organized a candlelit processional from Bridget's wayside well to Bridget's main well on the eve of her feast day that included songs and prayers. This annual event has continued for the last 25 years. About 200 people from around Ireland as well as from around the world come to celebrate. Some of those who attend the St. Bridget's Eve celebration also write songs dedicated to Bridget for their own spiritual and religious practices. In my ethnomusicology master's thesis work conducted at the University of Limerick, I primarily studied the vocal music sung at the Bridget's Eve event in Kildare, Ireland. I also explored the Latin office dedicated to St. Bridget written in the Middle Ages and the hymn Gawa Multa Regia performed by a medieval chant group, as well as songs written devoted exclusively to the goddess Bridget by neo-pagans. 
It should also be noted that there is a Bridget tradition in other Celtic lands as well as throughout the world. However, this particular presentation, I will focus primarily on Bridget within the context of Irish culture and the vocal music used at the Fela Brida Festival in Kildare. In order to understand the phenomenon of individuals writing and performing vocal music dedicated to Bridget, I had a number of research questions, which were, in which events and for which audiences are these songs being used? Who wrote the songs dedicated to Bridget during the Fela Brida Festival? What are the purposes for singing these songs? What are the songs doing for those who sing them? What is it about Bridget, the pre-Christian goddess and saint, that inspires people to compose songs in dedication to her? What explains the spiritual and religious movement of which Bridget is only a part? So where are these songs being used? The ethnomusicologist Thomas Torino describes four different types of music. Participatory music, where mostly everyone present at an event is part of the music making. Presentational music making, where the musician is the one creating the music in front of a live audience. Studio art music, where the music is recorded by the musicians in a studio and sold for a profit, and high fidelity recordings that are those which capture live music, such as live concert or field recordings. Participatory music making occurred at the candlelit ritual on Bridget's Eve, as well as audience participation songs during spirituality workshops and Catholic Mass at St. Bridget's Well at the closing of the festival. Presentational music in front of an audience would occur during concerts, nights of songs and poetry at the AFRI Peace and Justice Conference and other workshops. Studio art music would occur by those who wrote the songs and chose to create compact disc recordings with instrumental accompaniments, such as one particular CD by Elaine Carey and Monica Brown to preserve some of the Bridget songs sung on Bridget's Eve and provide people the opportunity to use the disc at home for their own spiritual practices. The CD was also sold by the Bridgetian sisters to raise funds for their new Solus Brita Center. The high fidelity recordings were not used in any events I attended. However, they were a byproduct of my own field recordings that I was given permission to create. So who wrote the Bridget songs that are currently used during the Fela Brita Festival? For the participatory music making which occurred during the Bridget's Eve ritual, a number of composers contributed their songs to the body of songs that are sung year after year at the event. The songs are led by the Bridgetian sisters in Carta Brita, a group of lay people. In the most recent Fela this past February, Deirdre Nikhinad, an Irish and Celtic spiritual singer, led the songs without instrumental accompaniment. When I first discussed the songs with the Bridgetian sisters back in 2010, they told me that a number of people contributed songs and they lost track of the names of the original composers. However, a couple of the composers are known, such as Elaine Carey, as well as Barry Moore, also known as the Irish folk singer-songwriter Luca Bloom. Usually near the end of the Bridget's Eve celebration, someone would lead, Don't Be Afraid of the Light That Shines Within You, another song written by Luca Bloom, which would be accompanied on guitar, and participants would join in singing the chorus. For the presentational opportunities for music making, such as in concerts and workshops, other singer-songwriters participated. In 2010, Kieran Wynn, a local Kildare singer-songwriter, accompanied Song for Bridget on guitar for a concert to raise money for a new Bridget Spirituality Center. Carmel Boyle, a Christian singer-songwriter who leads and facilitates adult spiritual learning opportunities 
taught a workshop in which she led the group in singing a number of her songs, some of which were written about Bridget. What are the purposes for singing these songs? The leaders of the songs at the Bridget's Eve ritual in 2010 would help participants to sing the songs while walking meditatively in a circle around a lit circle of luminaries. These songs were used to set the mood, develop a sense of what Victor Turner termed communitas. Since participants were moving in synchrony around a circle while singing, the group developed a sense of what William H. McNeil calls muscular bonding. In addition, the subject matter of each song helped to address the goals and values of the Solace Breed community, specifically the reclamation of Bridget of Kildare and a Celtic spiritual heritage for relevance in our world. So there's a graphic that's currently on the Solace Breed website, and it seems to have four overarching goals that encompasses their work. These goals are something that I've come up with that kind of summarizes their work. The songs sung at the Bridget's Eve ritual would reflect these themes. The center seeks to enrich the spirituality of the community by using creative ritual, meditation, music, and assist with pilgrimage journeys. The center promotes Celtic and Irish spiritual heritage, which seems to, by default, promote Irish heritage. The center promotes the life values as part of the parable-like stories of Bridget, such as love, compassion, goodness, hospitality, kindness, generosity, healing, justice, and peace. And the center promotes ecological connection and awareness, using Bridget as a symbolic lady of the land and a call to revere the sacredness in all creation. Because the Fela Brita includes the Afri Peace and Justice Conference, songs are often used for social and environmental justice reasons. So what are these songs doing for those who sing them? Individuals are able to enter into a sense of meditation, prayer, and devotion through singing. People often are able to commune with a sense of the sacred divine and often the feminine divine. The act of singing can bring people to a state of what Mihai Csikszentmihalyi calls flow, where people engage in a pleasurable activity where they lose all sense of time and space and enter into the zone. This essentially can be a kind of spiritual ecstasy that is reached. What is it about Bridget that speaks to people today? Bridgetine's sister, Rita Minnan, writes in her Kildare Pilgrimage Guidebook, Rekindling the Flame, a pilgrimage in the footsteps of Bridget of Kildare. Quote, A worldwide resurgence of interest in all aspects of Celtic heritage is leading many individuals and groups to rediscover, reconnect with, and draw inspiration from the lives of the early Irish saints. People are looking for a spirituality that is inclusive of all creation. St. Bridget is emerging once again at a time of transition in the universe. The wealth of stories and legends that exist about her are being retold with a new relevance as parables for today. Looking at her life and at some issues that confront and challenge us, it seems clearer why Bridget is being reclaimed as a model for our time. Minin goes on to state, quote, Bridget is the woman who, above all others, embodies the spirit of pre-Christian Celtic and Christian Celtic Ireland. Her life inspires unity and reconciliation. In a world of much fragmentation, with many divides, there is a search for unity, a search for connection, a search for a sense of the whole family, human and natural. In her femininity, Bridget inclusively embraces many kinds of cross-currents, some of them apparently contradictory, the ancient and the new, the pagan and the Christian the animal and the human, the rich and the poor, unquote. 
Menon continues to discuss and embrace Bridget's feminine aspects. Quote, what emerges from the stories about Bridget's abbacy is the portrait of a powerful leader, an organizer, an Anamkara, soul friend, a healer, a prophetess. She is a potent symbol of womanhood, showing us, in so many ways, the feminine face of God. Unquote. So what explains this spiritual movement of which Bridget is only a part? Essentially, Bridget, who crosses from pre-Christianity as a goddess into a Christian saint, seems to be the right figure in many ways to be assigned to take up the task of reigniting the spirituality of many people who are seeking spiritual nourishment, and people are doing so through songs. With regard to why people are writing and performing songs dedicated to Bridget currently, there has really been an evolution and marked change in the attitudes toward formal religion, particularly in Catholicism in Ireland, which had quite a turbulent history, especially occurring after the British arrival and colonization of Ireland, that gave way to the forging of the Irish Catholic national identity. Timothy J. White states, quote, British imperialism can clearly be seen as a force that strengthened the Catholic nature of Irish society in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, unquote. He goes on to state, quote, As Gaelic Ireland increasingly lost its viability under the rule of the British and receded to the western quarters of the island, the Irish masses needed some common bond upon which they could maintain or create their national identity. Catholicism served this function perfectly because it united the Irish majority in their devotion to the same faith, unquote. White continues to discuss the work of Tom Fahey, quote, Fahey has argued that Irish Catholicism revived as Irish society began to industrialize and link itself with the outside world, but even in rural Ireland during the early 19th century, there was a unity between priests and the people in Ireland that provided much deference to ecclesiastical figures." Unquote. Also, Timothy White discusses that Ireland as a nation has been moving more and more towards secularism, especially in light of industrialism and modernity. Quote, in societies like Ireland, secularization means that the historic dominant religion, one that helped to define national identity, loses its monopolized position in society. Thus, the privatization of religiosity accompanies the secularization of society. Tolerance of differing religions and patterns of belief become the norm, and a more pluralistic and ecumenical society is the result. And in this way, Bridget has been said to have one foot in pre-Christian Ireland and another in Christian Ireland, and she has often been used as a potent symbol to literally be a bridge between different religions and beliefs. Helen Phelan discussed the social and moral scandals that occurred within the Catholic Church in the 1990s, the same decade as the founding of the Solace Breed community. In contrast to the deference to ecclesiastical figures, the scandals created an erosion of moral authority in the Catholic Church and thus created much grief among the population. Helen Phelan mentions that currently, quote, Irish Catholicism is desperately searching to reimagine itself and the rehabilitation of Irish Catholicism invokes a reclamation of an older indigenous or Celtic spirituality. Superficially, this would seem to mirror the recent international and commercial interest in Celtic spirituality, but it differs from it in a number of significant ways. The commercial movement is primarily an English language phenomenon, while the local movement seeks to reclaim 
its Irish language roots in prayers, songs, and rituals. The later also demonstrates a strong connection on local places of primarily local significance, such as holy wells dedicated to local saints. The eclecticism of international Celticism incorporates aspects of Buddhism, New Age practices, and ecological politics. Unquote. At the St. Bridget's Eve ritual, there were a number of songs in the Irish language, which indicates and confirms what Helen Phelan was saying about how the local movement seeks to reclaim its Irish language roots. Phelan continues to include, quote, Central to this rehabilitation is the reclamation of the practice and metaphor of pilgrimage, unquote. And she later cites ethnomusicologist Philip Bowman, quote, Pilgrimage is unimaginable without music. Music, song, chant, prayer, procession, dance, ritual, provide the essential material to narrate each pilgrimage, unquote. Pilgrimage as part of a resurgence of interest in Celtic heritage seems to be a remedy for the deep spiritual thirst that many people experience in this particular moment of modernization and secularization that has been set in motion at least since the 1990s in Ireland. Catholic priest Jermit O'Murhu claims that human spirituality is at least 70,000 years old and formal religions have been in existence for just 4,500 years and may include many of the world's major religious structures. Omerhu states, quote, Spirituality explodes with new vision and with fresh possibilities for a more integrated worldview. The religious, moral, and spiritual breakdown of our time has to do with religion and not with spirituality. In one sense, spirituality is thriving today, and the spiritual seekers of our time know that they are onto something worth fighting for. The problem is that they are often misjudged, rebutted, and rejected by the propagators of formal religion who, in many cases, are unable to comprehend what is really happening. This new upsurge of spirituality is itself one manifestation of a world undergoing global transformation on a scale not known to humanity for many millennia." Unquote. In this spiritual yearning, individuals often try to reconnect to the primeval that has since been lost. These individuals also desire a connection with the earth and to the themes and cycles of death and rebirth found within nature. Chairman Murhu states that individuals, quote, yearn to reclaim the deep primal sacred story of our evolving universe, of planet earth as our cosmic home, and the diverse and magnificent array of life forms around us, and the largely untold story of the evolution of spiritual consciousness within humanity itself. And finally, in the contemporary desire to create a one world family characterized by love, justice, peace, and liberation." Unquote. In conclusion, Brigid, the pre-Christian goddess and saint, was known for many attributes, but one of her most well-known traits was her ability to heal. The Salisbury community seems to be participating in the process of helping to heal the spiritual brokenness and alienation in modernity or post-modernity that many people feel and assist seekers on their pilgrim journey of transformation, regardless of religious affiliation. This openness to a variety of religious beliefs speaks to the need for inclusion in the era of pluralism and secularization. As individuals continue to express their devotion to Bridget, they might find healing, inner meaning, spiritual truths, oneness with the earth and their community, a connection to the divine feminine, and a positive way to live daily, a profound sense of pilgrimage, 
as well as a vehicle to deliver messages of social and environmental justice. Spiritual vocal music is an expression of the reclamation of Bridget, which seems to be one avenue to quench the spiritual thirst felt by many around the globe and a tool on the spiritual journey within many communities around the globe. Thank you.